episode 64 of Mosin at Large, I'll be joined by Heidi Taylor, Judy Dixon and Michael Fair. We will recap Apple's Time Flies event. What was there? what was missing, and what we can look forward to in the next Apple event, which is inevitably going to be happening in a month or so. You're very welcome to contribute to the podcast, and there are two ways to do it. You can drop me an email to jonathan, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at mushroomfm.com. You can write something in that email, or you can attach an audio recording using anything that records and that you can attach to an email. You can also call the listener line, that number is in the United States. It's 864-60-MOSIN, 864-606-6736, and record a message that could be included in the podcast. Concise contributions always help. We can't include everything because of the volume of contributions we receive, and please note that if we do use your content, we reserve the right to edit it for clarity and brevity. You can follow Mosin at Large, all one word, on Twitter. To join the conversation with other listeners, to get sneak peeks about what's coming up on the podcast, and I regularly tweet links that I think will be of interest to Mosin at Large listeners. To keep up to date with Mosin at Large and radio-related activities I'm doing, you can subscribe to our media email list. It's announcements only, and the traffic is very light. To do that, send a blank email to media-subscribe at mosin.org. That's media-subscribe at mosin.org. The podcast version of this show contains extracts from the full version, which is heard live on Mushroom FM at mushroomfm.com and anywhere that you listen to radio stations at 2 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time on a Saturday afternoon. For the full Mosin at Large experience, I encourage you to be part of that community. And finally, before we get into the episode this week, a reminder that this podcast is long, and to help you navigate past the bits that you aren't interested in to the bits that you are It's segmented by chapters. If you have a podcast app capable of supporting chapters, and many on iOS and Android do this, you can skip between segments of the show. New versions of watchOS, iOS, and tvOS are going to be released tomorrow as this show is put together. And as a result of that, I will be producing another podcast in very short order, which will have a recap of what's new in iOS 14, some of my favorites anyway, some of my highlights, and also taking a brief look at some of the big accessibility improvements in watchOS 7. So you can expect that quite soon. Check the podcast feed for more details. Welcome. Time does indeed fly when you're having fun. Time flies is the name of the Apple event this time. And as expected, no iPhones. So the focus was iPad and Apple Watch and Apple services as well. To help us recap, in the studio next to me here at Stupid O'Clock is Heidi Taylor, the artist formerly known as Heidi Mosen. Welcome back, Heidi. Good to be here. Yeah. And uh, over in the United States, someone who we have not had on one of these recaps before is Judy Dixon. Hello, Judy. Hello, Jonathan and Heidi. It's great to be here. Prolific author. What are you writing at the moment? I just finished one. I finished a book on labeling. Oh, what did you label me? <laughs> <laughs> labeling and identification. It does have iPhone things in it because iPhone apps that can be used for labeling. Very good. And in Canada, Michael Fair is back with us. Hi, Mike. Hello. Yeah, it's always good to be at these things. Good to have you all here. I must observe that I thought it was pretty interesting that of all of the stories Tim Cook could have plucked from his 
millions of emails about Apple Watch. He chose to mention a blind person at a time when the Apple Watch beta cycle has been a little bit controversial. So I thought that was quite an interesting way for him to start there. <laughs> <laughs> Apple Watch version 6. Um, first of all, let me ask you both, uh, Mike and Judy, about Apple Watch. Do you use an Apple Watch, Mike? I have a Series 3, and uh, I, I've uh, used it, uh, I, I guess, uh, fairly I, – I always wear it, but I typically – uh, mostly it's it's either workout or time. There's, there's probably lots more I can do with it that I just haven't done yet. <laughs> mm. How about you, Judy? You'd be using one. I do. I have an I, uh, Apple Watch 4, and I use it constantly. But the thing I use it most for is to find my iPhone. So I, I call bing, it my, bing, 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 my bing. phone pinger. Yes, phone <laughs> pinger. So you haven't gotten into the whole workout fitness oh, I, stuff. You know, if I did workouts, then maybe I'd get into it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And Heidi, we got ripped off. Ripped yep. off where yep. you're concerned. I did. Yeah. So right after the Series 2 was released, we went to our local JB Hi-Fi and they were like, oh, we've got a sale on the Series 1s, which just came out too. And we were like, cool, we'll get one of those. Turns out they sold me like an original Series 1. Oh, uh, Series 0, like, don't they? Yeah, That's the Series 0. Series so. 0, which of course isn't being updated. And by the time we found that out, it was way too, way too late, late yeah. to get that corrected. So that was most unfortunate. But uh, all right, so uh, we, you, you all potentially are in the market for a new one, right? So uh, Heidi, would you like one of these new Series 6 Apple Watches? Or the SE? Um, I think so, yeah. Because I'd, I'd like to try out all these new features that I've been deprived of over the last couple of years. Can I just ask you while we're talking to you, form factor-wise, visually, I take it that if you were to put your hands on one, you would think this feels just like the Apple Watches that we've become familiar with, or is it going to look and feel a bit different? It looks just like the Series 5. All right. And what wherever that design originated from i can't remember when they changed it slightly but it's like the recent ones yes yeah slightly larger watch faces i think right yeah they, they made yeah. the little bezel slightly smaller yeah shiny new colors yep and uh, some new watch faces what about you judy Are you going to upgrade to the six or the uh, apple watch se i'm going to upgrade to the six i'll be yep. order i'll be ordering it when we get finished here why is that what is the enticement for you I actually meant to order a, get a five last year because I was very intrigued by the compass. I would, I think it'd be really handy sometimes to have a compass right on your wrist when you need to know what direction you're going or have been. And uh, I, I didn't. And I kept thinking, oh, I can't get a whole new watch just for a compass. That's, that's silly. Well, now it seems like there's more things, um, that, that, and I haven't gotten one new one in two years, so. You'll notice a big speed improvement then. I know when I went from the three to the five, there was a significant speed improvement, and it's really nice in that regard. What about you, Mike? You uh, interested in doing an upgrade? You know, I'm not hugely compelled. I, I, I use my Series 3 for some things, but I, I just, I don't know, I'm not sure if it's really made the case for me. Uh, I'd, I'd probably, if anything, look at an SE um, or, or wait another generation as they add more health capabilities. It, it, those are really ramping up. I mean, now you have the blood oxygen thing, and uh, if they ever do the insulin 
thing and, and yeah. let you measure diabetes. That would be massive for people. Uh, I like the hearing stuff, given my hearing loss. Uh, that's getting to the point uh, where it might be useful. And the sleep tracking. So I, I suppose uh, an SE would, would give me pretty much all of that, uh, possibly even with my Series 3. I guess I'll see uh, what, uh, you know, given the new watch OS, uh, what that lets me do with the sensors that it has. Um, I'll certainly be interested in exploring that. So, but no, I'm not, I'm not going to jump out and buy a new watch uh, anytime this year, I don't think. So for those who didn't hear the event itself, what we have in the Apple Watch Series 6 is a processor that is modified, but it's based on the A12 Bionic that's in the iPhone 11 series. And the big new feature is blood oxygen, and uh, it level it measures that in 15 seconds using a new app. So just like you have the ECG app in some markets, you'll have a, a new blood oxygen app. I guess I need to do a bit more research on the implications of that and what what the blood oxygen level kind of tells you and why that's so important. But uh, it will also seek some readings in the background. So you can uh, get information while, you, while you've slept, for example, which could be important. Actually, and um, what else have they said about it? I'm just looking back on my... Uh, notes it's of course faster than the series five i was struck by the fact that they didn't say a word about longer battery life hmm. just to note uh with with that blood oxygen level one thing it, it might be really useful with is sleep uh disorders when when i was measured uh, i have sleep apnea and one thing they they made a point of doing uh, when they figured out uh what I needed for CPAP and things was measure blood oxygen. So that could, could really be helpful to have that kind of constant data uh, with, with that particular uh, kind of, of sleep disorder. That is interesting. And goodness knows there's quite a bit of that in the blind community, usually with non-24, but not always. So that's interesting. Um, you watch Faces, the one that got my attention in this international age uh, is the one yeah. that shows multiple time zones on the one watch face. I would love uh, that. that. Yes, that, <laughs> yes, that, 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 that sounds good. <laughs> I wonder whether that is exclusive to watch OS, uh, watch OS uh, 7 Series 6 or whether you can get that on watch OS 7 in general. I haven't seen it, so I presume it's, it's something that's new to the actual Series 6. Also, the loops. Tell us about the loops, Heidi. They've got this thing called a solo loop, which they described as one continuous piece. What's it look like? Have any of you ever, like, had those, like, little rubbery bracelets that you can get at, like, different events? And oh, they yes. just, like, stretch oh. and you put them over or your when hands. they hospitalize yes. you <laughs> like that, you know, when they put a band around you that you can't take off without major. Yeah, no? that, that sort of thing. But it's, like, the rubbery sort of ones that you... In particular, you get it like all sorts of random events. It's just like that. Right. So not particularly a market. I guess not, unless you want something that you can stretch over your hand and not have to worry about a clasp. There might be a market for that. I don't know. Okay. So then they also have it in a range of sizes, seven colors, and then yep. there's also this braided solo loop. Yeah, which is, I assume, the same concept, but it has like a woven look to it. Does it look better? Mm. Rather, it does look better than the other yeah. one, but yeah. it doesn't have as many colors. Oh, so what's fundamentally the difference between the watch uh, SE and say the Series Five 
Apple Watch? Well, according to the website, um, the SE doesn't have the blood oxygen or the ECG. Okay, so the Series 5 doesn't have blood oxygen either, but it does have ECG. So there's a difference right there, that if you've got the Series 5, the Series 5 is still going to be on the market, I think, right? Uh, No, the Series 3 is. So they're keeping the Series 3, the SE, and the Series 6. All right, then. Also, the SE doesn't have the always-on display. Okay, so that that makes a lot of sense. So if you if you want the blood oxygen and the ECG, some of those upper end health things, then you're going to have to get a Series Six if you're looking at making a purchase from scratch. Yeah. All right, that's good positioning. And there's a range of price points available. So they've taken the Series Three down to one ninety nine US. So if you're thinking of getting into the Apple Watch, that's a good entry point. And they are also um, saying that they will offer Apple Card financing that will be in the United States. That's the only country at the moment where Apple Card is available. But that will be important as well. One thing I did want to talk about is the family setup of Apple Watch. Now, I immediately got quite excited about this. And it goes to show that Apple really is emphasizing their services. I mean, bit bigger, faster, you know, it, Gets a bit boring after all these years. Same, same products, really, just faster and bigger and better. But the services stuff, there's a lot going on there that's innovative. And with this Apple Watch uh, family setup, I can immediately think of my mother, for example, who was in her 80s, and we obviously don't want her to have a fall and all those sorts of things. And there'll be many people with parents in this situation. If you could set up an Apple Watch from your own iPhone and keep track of that and maintain it. And uh, that would be a real benefit to many people as well as perhaps keeping track of recalcitrant teenagers and stuff like that. So <laughs> it, it it works at both ends, doesn't it? Yeah, they had a screenshot of the setup page like mm-hmm. in the iPhone app, and it says, Family setup lets you set up and manage an Apple Watch for a family member who does not have their own iPhone. You can use the watch app to manage settings for your family member's watch when it's near your iPhone. Okay, so it has to be near your iPhone. It's obviously Bluetooth-based or something like that. Yeah, that does diminish it a little bit because if you could sort of – if you've got an elderly parent, for example, who's – a, a little further away. It would be great if you could remote into that device. And in fact, I'd like that <laughs> with iPhone. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good for a lot of us who, who are the kind of family tech support go-to person. <laughs> if you could remote that way. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you both, um, Mike and Judy, your, your thoughts on the family setup and the potential benefits of that? I guess I was hoping it would be more remote, like like you were saying, had the exact same thought. So if you have to basically be near, uh, uh, you know, we have we've had uh, a period here where you couldn't visit in in uh, seniors' homes uh, because of the danger of COVID and bringing it in. So uh, I, I kind of I am surprised they didn't sort of allow for uh, some sort of Wi-Fi connection to be enough to do some of this. Uh, but as long as you can can visit and be near and set things up um i can still see this being really really useful for people uh you know and especially in these other facilities because you can do a lot with the watch too messaging and things as long as it has wi-fi um even if you don't have a cellular kind uh that's there's still a lot of possibility there 
Yes, and they did say that you have to have the Apple Watch cellular for this to work. So uh, the Apple family setup thing only works on oh. Apple Watch cellular models. But that argues for it being usable in some way when it's not near the iPhone. I wonder if it only needs to be near the iPhone for setup. And, and because if it's requiring cellular, you had to have to do something with that. I think it's requiring cellular so that they have access to messaging and um, find my and things like that so that it actually works without being near yeah. the setup iPhone. I think it's still a good idea. Mm. I, I think it's genius. It's it's going to help a lot of use cases. Just to go through the price points for those who are curious about this. So you can start off getting into Apple Watch now at 199 as I said. That gets you the Series 3, <laughs> which is still a really viable product. And then we go to 279 That's when the starting price kicks in for the uh, Apple Watch SE. With in the GPS version. Right. That's the GPS. So no, no cellular, just Wi-Fi and GPS. Mm-hmm. That's at, uh, starting at 279 And then we go to, uh, is it 399 is the starting price of the new Apple Watch Series 6. And that again is GPS yep. only. And you can get a, a, a range of prices there depending on what you're purchasing. So it's becoming more and more affordable for people to get into this. And I, I think that's really great because for a while, I mean, Apple Watch, when did it come out? 2015, wasn't it? Was it 2015? Yes, 2015. Yeah. And we've kind of wondered, what is it really for? And I think Apple has wondered what it's really for, for a while. And now it's really clear. It's predominantly a fitness product and um, it's being positioned accordingly. Um, I do a lot. Of, I do a lot of things with my Apple Watch that aren't fitness so much. Uh, we have it connected. Other than ping your iPhone. Yes, other than ping my iPhone, <laughs> uh, we have it paired to our weather station, which has outdoor and indoor components. So at any moment, I can tell what the temperature is uh, outside, inside, what the humidity is outside, inside. It's sixty-six degrees out, sixty-six point two degrees outside right now. And I really like that. I like the weather application. I use it to control Sonos speakers with an app called Lid. And uh, Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Yes. There are a couple that do that. There are a couple, like a Zone Play and Lid. And I, so I, I use it for a lot of those kinds of things, just things around the house. And I use it a lot. Yeah. No, that's a fair comment. And, of course, if you've got a lot of HomeKit accessories, you can control those from the watch as well. It can even be your front door key potentially if you have the right kind of lock. So oh, I stayed pretty in, handy. I stayed in a hotel that did that, and uh, yes. you could pair your watch with the door lock of the hotel, the room, and uh, it worked great. It was really fun to just take out my watch and keep on walking. <laughs> There's nothing worse than fossicking around, wandering around the hotel, finding your room finally and realizing that one of those silly keys has been demagnetized and you've got to go all the way back down again. So uh, this is the future, mate. This is the future. Uh, no, uh, very good point. It's a, it's a really cool little computer on the wrist. So nice to see various entry points there. Um, coming to. Can I, sorry, can I just jump back to the family thing? Yes. Because they did a list of these are the countries where it will be available and then just put it on the screen and didn't say, and I thought some people might be interested. Yes, go ahead. Okay. So it's going to be available in China mainland, France, Germany, Hong Kong, Japan, Poland, 
Spain, Switzerland, Taiwan, Thailand, uh, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Isn't that curious? So yep. why would they omit New All Zealand? All countries are starting with N. <laughs> so Australia's not there either? No. It's very strange that they do these things. They left out Canada. Goodness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Canada. How can I forget Canada? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for New Zealand to pop up. So all of those markets, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, have Apple Watch cellular. So I wonder what the reason for that omission is. I yeah. suspect health regulations. I would, I would suspect it's something to do with that. Yeah. Maybe they're worried about people getting maple syrup on their Apple Watches when they set them <laughs> I, up. I don't know. Well, it, it did take them longer to approve the ECG functionality here uh, in but Canada. We've got we, ECG here. We, yeah, so. we do too now. Like Sarah can use that on her Apple Watch 5. But it took like at least – I think it was at least a year of extra time as, as I guess it cleared regulations in Canada before that feature was activated hmm. uh, over here. Now – Here's one I just can't resist blowing a little bit of a raspberry at Apple over. Oh, yeah. How about sneaking into a cheesy video about how marvelous Apple is with the environment <laughs> that they're actually not going to include the USB charging brick in the <laughs> Apple Watch box anymore? I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and, and we're going to see this with the, with the iPhones as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just I find that a bit on the nose, given what you pay for it, that if you do need another USB charging brick, you're going to have to pay Apple separately for that. Jonathan, what do you guys think of that? You, when you used watchOS 7, did you use it with a Braille display? I have not yet. Have you? No. I haven't run running watchOS 7. Oh, you're not you're not testing yet. Well, no, because I, I, I have intend- fourteen on on a, a second phone, so my primary phone I don't want to mess with, and so I have my watches with my primary phone. Right. Okay. I I will do. So uh, we are going to publish a second podcast uh, within the next twenty four hours or so that features a lot on iOS fourteen and a little bit on watchOS seven. So I will pair a brow display with watchOS seven, and we'll. Take a look at, uh, at how that works. And you're going to talk about auto advance? Yes. They well, call it, uh, yeah. we, we call it auto scroll, but they call it auto advance. Yes, it's uh, that that's working. You have to set up a uh, you have to set up a keyboard command. At least on my focus, they haven't assigned a key for it, but um, we do cover that in the podcast it's as well. It's in the rotor. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. It is, um, but. Uh, if you want to, you can set up a, a cord command hmm. to, or, or, or a command on the device to, to initiate it. And it's in the commands list? Yes. Hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So, so as far as I'm aware, the speed is on the rotor. Right. Um, yeah. but not actually starting it. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, let's just scroll through here. There. Um, so the orders are they? Is it orderable today or on Friday? Yeah, that today, it said today. order today, available Friday. Okay, yes, I so haven't if you want a new yet. Apple Watch, yeah. yeah, knock yourself out. You can <laughs> go and order one there. All right, so Apple Fitness Plus. Um, start with you, Mike. What do you think of Apple Fitness Plus? 
I, I'm looking forward to that. I, I, I can see myself using that with, uh, presuming it works with my series three and, uh, you know, if, if it's accessible and if they describe the exercises, uh, or make descriptions available, I can certainly see myself, uh, using something like that. Uh, it's a, it's a really good idea to have to, uh, like a, an app like that and a service that, that, uh, is weekly delivering you new training workouts and things. You're never going to get, get bored of the same old, same old. So I, I like the way they've, they've sort of positioned that and, uh, it provided they've thought accessibility through and maybe have audio described or something like that. Uh, I, I can see this being, being quite useful for, for blind people. Does it grab you, Judy? Yes, it does. I, I think I, when they talked about treadmill walk and treadmill run, this sounds really fun. And I hope, so I'm listening to the music on my iPhone and I and apparently it shows heart rate and so forth on your watch, which I've never found an app that really worked well to do that. So this is great. Yes, I'm looking, I hope that they do one with interval training, which I do on the treadmill quite a bit, you know, where you do some really sudden aggressive fast bursts of exercise and then you come all the way back down and you work back up again and that's supposed to have all sorts of benefits i think i'm the jury will be out for me to see exactly how well described the workouts are as well it will be wonderful if apple really has made a good job of perhaps using the audio description setting that's available on ios and tvos and everywhere else to give additional description when that is active well, that blind guy in Spain uses his watch for fitness. Yes, yes, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> True, Mr. Enrique. Enrique, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he wasn't running um, Peter Four. But, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. So um, w- the way this works, for those who weren't following the uh, the keynote or the presentation, as I understand it, is you've got a catalogue that you can choose from, and it sounds like it's quite an extensive catalogue, and they've employed people specifically for this purpose. So every week, it sounds like they're going to be adding new content to Apple Watch, uh, to Fitness Plus. And you choose this on your iPhone or your iPad. You can also choose it on Apple TV as well. And then once you've chosen the workout that you want, it automatically starts the appropriate matching workout on your Apple Watch, which is pretty nifty. And they mentioned a whole bunch. I don't know if you've got a, a, a screen capture, Heidi, but I noted there was yoga and cycling and dance, treadmill workouts, core, strength, rowing. So it covers most bases there with the workouts that they're offering. Yeah, that seems about right. They didn't put it in text, but that sounds right. Now, they emphasize that, of course, when you have an Apple Watch, you can pair it with all sorts of gym equipment. But while you can do that, if you want to, uh, you can do some of this with pretty minimal equipment like dumbbells. And some of them you can do with no equipment at all. And there's an absolute beginner program. So for any couch potatoes out there who are thinking, (laughs) yeah, maybe it's time I got into this, then uh, that's where to start. And this is a premium feature. This is where Apple is getting into its service bundles. So $9.99 US per month. And if you want to sign up for a year, you get a discount. It goes all the way down to $79.99 for the year. So that's a substantial discount. And if you buy an Apple Watch, you're going to get it three free for the next three months. So there's a bargain. What countries is that available in? Okay. 
We'll have some happier people here. It's oh. available in Australia, Canada, Ireland, New Zealand, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Hmm. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Yes, I guess there's a, I, I, it sounds like that's an English-speaking thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, that will be the common denominator there in English-speaking countries. Now – um, services continue with Apple One, and we knew this was coming. It's been rumored for a while, and then the other day, some enterprising individual sort of snooping around found that Apple had registered just about every derivation of Apple One uh, that you could in the domain name space. So that confirmed it. Uh, this is a bundle, and you can get various bundles that include combinations of iCloud, uh, Apple Music, Apple TV Plus, Apple Arcade, Apple News Plus, if you have it, which most countries don't, uh, Apple Fitness Plus, other things as well, I think. And you can buy it in individual and family plan type bundles. Uh, makes sense. Do you think, Mike and Judy, that um, they're bundling this to make it more affordable? Yeah, I, I'm subscribed to Apple News Plus, Apple TV, Apple Music, and iCloud. So if they can knock down my price, uh, I'm, I'm very happy. I'll, I'll jump right on board that. Uh, I, now, Apple Arcade, of course, so far there's nothing accessible there that I know of. Um, but hey, you know, if, uh, <laughs> if I can get all the stuff I'm using cheaper, uh, that I, that I don't plan to ditch, uh, that's great. So I'm very much looking forward to see that they did, to kind of talk about individual versus family. And it, it kind of sounded like maybe the top tier that included Apple Fitness might... I'm not sure if, if that's available to both individual and family or how that sort of works. Do I have any data on that, Heidi, about Apple One? Um, well, yeah, like you said, there's the individual and family ones, which, which include the Apple Music, Apple TV+, Apple Arcade, and the iCloud. Um, and then the premier one also includes the news plus and the fitness plus, but they didn't say anything about the premier one, whether it was family based or not, but I can do some quick research. Yeah. All right. That would be good. How many of these do you have already, Judy? That's why I was trying to figure that out. I don't have Apple news and I certainly don't have Apple arcade, but I do have Apple music and TV plus. But then again, I got TV Plus with my phone last year. Yes. And I'll get TV Plus with my phone this year. Huh. So wow. I need to factor in which ones I get with the devices. That assumes, of course, that they are going to offer that again. And I wonder if they will, because now Apple mm. TV Plus is heading into its second year. So they might decide they've done the freebie. Well, if they don't, then, then it would definitely be a good deal. Would you renew at your Apple TV Plus? Would you pay? You know, I have to think about that. I, I'm, I'm. There is some good stuff, and and we have enjoyed some, but we don't watch it that much. Uh, I, I, it's a shame definitely. that COVID has has affected its output. Uh, we yeah. absolutely loved for all mankind and oh, Bonnie. That was yes, so good. that was yeah. that yeah. was great. Can't wait for the second season of that one. I like great that. too. Greyhound was wonderful too. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And uh, so I look forward to more movies, and yeah, I'll definitely be I'll definitely be keeping TV and and Apple News. Both of those have really proved their worth for me. And I like the morning show. I couldn't get into C. I I could not get into C. 
I agree. I agree with you. I, I, everybody kept telling me it gets better. Okay, fine. So yes, I, that's- <laughs> I, 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 I got through four episodes and I said, that's it. I, I'm not watching this anymore. You watched it all, didn't you, Heidi? I did, but I think it's the sort of show that you really have to be into that genre to actually yeah. get through because it is quite intense. Um, also, on the Apple One thing, the premiere one is a share with up to five other people plan. Okay, but then there's also, isn't there another family plan as well? Well, that's just the same as the individual plan, but cheaper. Right. So what countries are we talking about for this, do we know? Uh, and what are we? What what are the prices of these different Apple One bundles? Are we okay, in? so I assume this is in US dollars. Yeah, the individual one is fourteen ninety five per month. Actually, that's not too bad, really, given all that you you're get getting. Four things. Yeah. yeah, the family one, which is six people, is nineteen ninety five a month. Wow. And then the premier one, which gives you the news and the fitness, is twenty nine ninety five per month. And that also gets you the two terabytes of iCloud storage, I think, yes, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So yeah. the premier is two terabytes. The family is 200 gigabytes of iCloud. And the individual is just 50 gigabytes of iCloud. Yeah, because we have a two terabyte iCloud plan that we share between all of our Apple family members. So I'd be interested to know which countries Apple One's available in, because some of these, like Apple News Plus, is not available, <laughs> uh, I think, other than in Australia, Canada, and the United States, and maybe is it in the UK now? Uh, but it's not in many countries. They've yeah. just added we... some audio news to that. Oh, yes. Yes. yes I haven't have. seen that in Canada, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, we have it here. Yeah. Any good? Uh, I don't know. I've only heard it on Doug's phone. Yeah. So we're getting, we don't have any immediate information on that, Heidi, about, um, which countries it's available in. Um, it's not telling me. All right. And of course, we're just recording this right after the event. So these things will become evidence, um, soon, I'm sure. So that's Apple Watch. Any comments before we leave Apple Watch? Any final thoughts on what they were offering this year? I mean, they spun it, didn't they, pretty well. Um, they devoted quite a bit of time. But really, uh, we've got a faster watch with blood oxygen, and that's really what we have. And no power brick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And braille display support. Yeah. Well, yes, but, I mean, you couldn't that, that's get the braille support. Yes, that's true. You, you, can, you can get, get that, that on, on a five or a four. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're talking features in watchOS 7, I, I think watchOS 7 is a really good release, particularly from a voiceover user's point of view, because you've got the rotor finally, which is great. Yes. Um, one thing that really has made a big difference for me is that I used to set my region to the UK because that was the only way that I could get Daniel, which I prefer, as my um, TTS. Now you can choose a uh, language, a, a different TTS from the one that's oh, default for your language. We've been able to do that because I've had the male Siri voice on my watch this whole last year. Yes, you can You can do it. You could choose a Siri voice, but you, I mean, I don't particularly like the Siri voice for text-to-speech, but you couldn't choose any of the nuanced vocalizer voices other than those that were, or the, the one that was assigned to your region. So that's that's really good progress. 
Um, the hand washing feature is pretty neat, actually. <laughs> I do not want my watch nagging me. <laughs> I, I, but I do feel a bit self, yeah. self-conscious about it because when I'm at my office and, uh, you know, there, there might be other people in the facility and I'm washing my hands and this thing is going 14, 13, 12. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right. So that's Apple Watch, available now. Ooh. Yes. And uh, the iPad. So we've got the eighth generation iPad. This is just the plain iPad, no suffix after it. It has the A12 Bionic chip in it. Uh, what else can we say about it? It's 40% faster than the old one, or the previous one. Uh, it starts at 329 US with uh, a bit of a discount at two ninety nine for education pricing. So, in terms of you know the iPad range is quite confuzzling. So Heidi, this is the classic iPad look, right, with the home with button the home, at the bottom. Yeah, with the home button. Yep, and a lightning and port. I sh- I think so. They yep. didn't say anything. And the camera at the like top and vertical orientation, because mm. the camera is different on the iPad Air. Is it? Yeah, it's it's like on the top in horizontal orientation instead of on the top in vertical orientation. Right. Now, I'm interested in this because I had a lot of complaints from staff of mine yeah. uh, when COVID hit who said that the the orientation of the camera on their iPads meant that it wasn't really that conducive to doing a lot of video conferencing. Yeah, because you can't look at the people and look at the camera when the camera's off to the side. So you don't, you either, you're looking at the camera and you can't see anyone else, or you're looking at everyone else, but it doesn't look like you're looking at them and it makes them feel weird. Yeah. Okay. And so <laughs> that's a very good explanation. <laughs> <laughs> the new iPad Air takes care of that then, does it? Yeah. So now the camera's on the horizontal edge rather than on the vertical edge, if that makes sense. So right. Like, Oh, like a laptop sort of, rather than like a phone. So your yeah. eyes can sort of wander left and right looking at, at the people sort of below where the camera is and it still looks like you're Yeah, you can at still sort of look at the center of the screen and yeah. because you're looking near the middle and the camera's like just in the middle above where you're looking, it still looks like you're looking at the camera. Hmm. All right. And with the iPad Air, the new one, um, well, no, let me go back. Yes, so with sorry. the iPad Pro that I have, which is the last iPad Pro that had a home button. Yeah. Is that the same? You've got the same problem with that one? Yes. And what about the current iPad Pro? The the one without a bezel? I don't actually know. I haven't seen a picture of that. I'll right. Be, Interesting. If you give me a moment, I'll find out. What iPad are you driving, Judy? I have the iPad Pro, the very early 9.7 inch one. Uh, it right, was only out for about button. a, it has a home button. It was only out for about a year and then they went to the 10.1, which seemed like such a small difference. I couldn't imagine why they'd bother. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you find to be the use case as a blind person for your you know, iPad? I, I, well, I have to do various testing and, you know, try this and try that out. On the iPad as well, so I have to have an iPad. But truly, I find it very difficult to use. I really don't like using the settings app when it opens more bits of the app and leaves the first part still open. And which column am I in? I don't know. And I I mean, I, I think it's too much real estate. I do find it useful for podcasts. 
And uh, so I'll just set it on my desk and play podcasts. And I don't even have to worry about turning on a Bluetooth speaker or anything because the speakers are really good. Yes, they are, aren't they? I don't mind the settings app because I got used to using the containers option and the rotor to mm. zap between different things. But the one thing that has basically stopped my iPad usage completely is that after I got made for iPhone hearing aids, I found that there really is basically no sensible handover between iPhone and iPad. So what I would expect should be able to happen is that if you lock your screen and there's a period of silence, your hearing aids essentially, you know, know this and go into a standby mode where it's waiting for a connection from something. And you should then be able to turn on your iPad, power it, uh, yeah, unlock the screen. And once you've paired your made for iPhone hearing aids with the iPad, it should then just take over the connection, which is vacant. And my understanding is that's how it's supposed to work. But for me, it never has. Um, I can sort of hand over to my iPad by turning Bluetooth off on my phone, but that has other implications. <gasps> yes. Oh, um, so I've just given up on my iPad because the accessibility experience for me as an MFI hearing aid user is, is awful. And you gave up on an iPad, Mike. You gave it away. Yeah, I remember you didn't give it to me, and I was very upset no, about this. No, no, there was a, a needy person closer to to here, and uh, yeah. I, I, they got it. And and I just I don't miss it. I, I have to say, you know, it's it's uh, for me, it's a geospatial thing. I was uh, born prematurely, and I think that has impacted my geospatial abilities uh, in various ways. And uh, I I had really struggled to make good use of that iPad. I couldn't do anything really productive with it. So, uh, yeah, the iPhone just works so much better oh, for me yes. that, that that's that's the direction I'm going to just continue in from now on. I don't think I'll ever get another uh, tablet, really. It's it's too much space. And they in the efforts to maximize the visual utility of that space, you have things like with the settings app where you have just the completely different layouts that, that <clears> it's, it's I find it tougher to make sense of those. Jonathan, what I thought was really exciting about the new iPad Air is this fingerprint sensor built Mm. into the power button. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) could they do this with the phone? That was immediately what I thought. In this era of COVID where Face ID can be a real pain in the bleep, wouldn't it be great if we could have that Touch ID on the the side? I noticed they're calling it the top button button. on iPad Air instead of uh, the the power button now. And and we have the side button on the phone. Wouldn't it be great if we could have Touch ID on the side button? That would be super. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I... I need to formally apologize to everyone listening to this podcast and everyone in this podcast because I've been bamboozled by video editing and they have not, in fact, moved the camera, but the way they showed it made me believe that they had. Oh, so we still have that video conferencing dilemma. Mm. And and I'm very sorry that I was bamboozled. Well, that's all right. (laughs) You You were probably bamboozled (laughs) on purpose. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, how cynical. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I noticed that with the, with the touch ID as well. Uh, in defense of the iPad, if I could only just get it 
playing nice with my hearing aids and but in defense of it there are some apps i really do enjoy using on it one of them is an app i think it's called soundbite and we used it actually for heidi's wedding we used it for henry's wedding as well coincidentally Whoa. enough yeah <laughs> and uh this is a like a kind of a a sound like a rack of um sounds that you load into a grid and so we had the order of different elements that should be played at their wedding ceremony and it kind of had this really cool grid on the screen and and when you got familiar with how big the various buttons were you could just tap the one that you wanted and similarly the dj app which i own and i i see they had the developer there of the dj app that is really nice on an ipad because you've got all that screen real estate and you have these sort of virtual turntables on there and that's a lovely experience on the iPad. But overall, I do agree. Um, I'd be interested to hear, perhaps, if people want to give us some feedback. If you are a diehard and happy iPad user who is blind, uh, what you find the advantage to be over just pairing your phone with a Bluetooth keyboard or Braille display and getting on with that. There. iPad Air. So this, this is basically bezel-free, Heidi? Yeah. It's like the new iPad Pros mm. in so the no same home way button. it looks like an iPhone 5. Yeah, so no home button. You swipe up from the bottom, which yeah. we've been getting used to on iPads. Even with home buttons, you can affect yep. that gesture. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, did you not know that? Well, I guess I haven't used an iPad in a really long time. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and ah, the A14 Bionic. Now, Unless I'm completely confusing myself, this is the first time we've actually seen the A14 Bionic, isn't it? Yeah, I think the the next generation of iPhones are going to be the the the, the only ones to have it, I guess. So, so yeah, so the the iPad actually came first this year with uh, announcing this new Apple chip, and then we'll see it on the iPhone as well. So, eleven point eight billion transistors. Woo. That's a lot of transistors. Um, for increased power efficiency and speed and another big change for iPad Air customers, USB-C. And just like you said, Judy, you know, when you said, why can't we have this on the iPhone? That was my immediate yeah. thought with this as well. Can we just get it over with? That would I mean, be... maybe they will. Maybe they will. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else want USB-C on their iPhone? I could live with it. I mean, I have a lot of lightning accessories that I would have to upgrade, you know, and, and things. But I would, I, I suppose I would I would do that. I mean, it sounds like it would be very useful in a lot of different things, including connecting to, like, all kinds of keyboards and external devices and storage and things. So I can see this being, uh, you know, kind of a move that a lot of people would welcome. So I will make the sacrifice of of going through the process of 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 grieving no longer useful accessories and uh, and bite the bullet but uh, mm. yeah you know it's um i've i've seen this repeatedly on twitter discussions that, that everyone thinks it's just such a long overdue thing but i have yet to hear enough about the, the these upcoming iPhones to know whether there's any movement on that that front at all I don't think we are getting USB-C this year from what I can gather. Um, how do you feel about a, a switch to USB-C on iPhone, Judy? I would like USB-C. There's just more things available. I mean, as Mike says, for all those same reasons. Um, I, I do have also have a lot of 
our lightning stuff, but we went through this when we went from 30 pin to lightning and, and somehow we survived. So I, I think it would be, I think it would be a good thing, but I agree with you. I don't think we're going to get it from, I, I love to read rumor articles and so forth. So I read them all the time and uh, it looks like we're not going to get USB-C. No one's mentioned anything about uh, the, the power button and, and the possibility of fingerprint. Yeah, that, that would be great. That was a surprise. Yes, I, I I did um I did read a couple of days ago that that would be there, oh. so I wasn't surprised. Oh, I was. But it's kind of sad to me. It's it's sort of like your older kid brother or sister who on Christmas Eve takes great sort of spiteful fun in telling you all the things you're going to get for Christmas the next morning. You know, (laughs) there's there's no surprises anymore. I mean, Apple used to be a pretty tight ship and now it leaks like a sieve. (laughs) There was nothing we didn't expect today. Nothing at all. Yeah, it's a shame. (laughs) Um, But, but. Another thing about going USB-C, of course, it will keep the happy people in the Apple dongle department happy because we'd have a <laughs> we'd have a new dongle, we'd have a USB to Lightning. Oh, they have that already, though, don't they? Yeah, the, they have um, that for, for, for cameras, iPads. isn't it? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. forget that. Sorry, dongle people. I have to think of another dongle. Yeah. <laughs> Has Wi-Fi six LTE that is sixty uh, percent faster. So that was interesting, actually. I wondered whether they might put. 5G in the new iPad Air, but apparently 5G is going to be debuted on iPhone and not be put in the iPads uh, this year. Uh, that's available next month. And really, that's what we had. Uh, it was. It comes in cool colors. Oh, yes. Okay. What in case co- you care. Yeah. It comes <laughs> in Sky blue. Yeah. You got the space gray and the silver, and then you've now got rose gold. Green and sky blue. What kind of sky green? of blue and sea of, of green. green? What kind of green is it? It's like a minty green. Oh, oh. And now yellow submarine. Mm. Yeah. Are you tempted to uh, upgrade to an iPad Air, Judy? No. Not no. No. Not a, no. Def- just, my, just the watch. My it. iPad Pro does a good job for me for what I need it for, and I have no need except I'm curious about seeing. But I can go to an Apple store and do that and see the. Uh, the fingerprint sensor. Heidi and I like to do this. We like to go in and <laughs> sort of do the window shopping for the technology. I like to go in and turn voiceover on and all the. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I think for in this time, like for if you're just coming into the, you know, needing a new tablet or in that range, like as long as you can master the spatial geo thing that that uh, that gives me no end of grief, uh, you know, this could be huge. Like you, you have a really high end processor, you have good sound, you have fast Wi-Fi in a time when you really need it for online stuff that everyone's doing more of. Uh, you know, it, it is, as provided you can you have the geospatial ability to, to really make, uh, you know, maximize the use of that real estate. You know, it, it, it I, I can see this, you know, being a really good, good move for, you know, for people in, in school and, and, you know, going and thinking of getting just another tablet for around the house, given the circumstances and potential lockdown we all might be uh, exposed to in the next while. And I think as iOS and iPadOS becomes more capable, it really is becoming an increasingly viable content creation device. 
I still think I'd be inclined to just stick with my iPhone to create that content, though. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> Me I mean, you, you, you wrote a whole very lengthy book uh, with Ulysses. Do you write on your um, iDevices, Judy, when you're writing the many books that you produce? I did when I was writing the writing book because I felt I really should put my money where my mouth was and actually try it and use it. But in general, I don't write anything more than an email and with my uh, iDevice. I love Braille screen input. I still do. And and I use that a lot for just composing emails and text messages on my phone. But as far as actual writing, you know, writing a document, I don't do that. What did you write that book with? Um, what did I write? Well, I, I, I wrote it with all the different apps that I was trying for the book. So <laughs> I wrote some of it with Word. I wrote some of it with IA Writer. I wrote, I mean, what all, uh, probably seven or eight different apps I wrote with. I can't remember now. Did you cover Ulysses in that I, book? I did not. And I looked at Ulysses at the time and it was out. Um, it was, it, I, I felt it was a bit expensive. And also it, it, it didn't have a lot of accessibility. There were some serious accessibility issues at that. I mean, it's gotten so much better. Yeah. Wonderful app. Yeah. Uh, and especially now that I've got this workflow sorted where I can write in Ulysses and then save as Markdown and bring that directly into Microsoft Word. It's my dream configuration now because I can just trans, transition seamlessly from one device to another. Um, you would agree, I take it, that the Microsoft Word on uh, iPhone is sort of usable but horrible? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you can't yeah. write a writing book without talking about Word. <laughs> no, no, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of what we didn't get today, well, we didn't get iPhones, and I think most people were expecting that we wouldn't get iPhones after uh, Apple kind of, I think, deliberately leaked that fact so that people wouldn't be disappointed. So I don't think anybody who had their ear to the ground was disappointed about that. One thing I was hoping for, what about these jolly old Apple tags? Man, oh, they've been floating yeah. around forever. <laughs> and there were rumors that we were going to get them. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I'm looking forward Me to, to the Apple tags. Yeah. 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 What about you, Heidi? What about me? What do you think of the Apple tags and how long they're taking? Um, I, I think they're just going to forever be a rumor. People will just like talk about them like the lot. Vaporware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Were you hoping for Apple tags, Mike? Uh, I, I think, again, it's one of these things that, uh, that can be could be very useful for blind people so i would like to see them out there i don't tend to lose as much particularly now that we're not moving around to nearly as many different places but uh, you know it, it would be uh something that that i hope apple still does now i guess there's that whole divide of that uh, u what was it a u20 aware uh, like ultra wide yes ultra wide chip yeah so if if that's part of what makes them so useful that would kind of leave a bit of a divide there uh you know if people had older devices but uh but yeah i'd i'd uh, i certainly think they uh they, they should hopefully be out there you know with in sometime soon um it does seem are, to have taken both of forever you in the tile ecosystem right now yes i am no I, we haven't gotten those at all oh yeah we, right we okay yeah we we use tiles quite extensively and uh i I got tiles originally just for luggage and things like that. And then one day at my office last year, 
my keys somehow slipped out of my pocket and it was very, very stressful. And luckily some decent person handed them in to reception. But at that point I thought, right, I'm really going to get into this. And we went down to the, the shop that sells the tiles and I bought tiles for everything that I might conceivably lose, uh, including those little round ones, the, the, the tile the, stickers. Yeah. Yeah, and they're cool because you can affix them to remote controls and all sorts of things like that. And so, card cases. Yeah, yeah. What would incentivize you to migrate from Tile to Apple Tags, Judy? Is is there something that you feel that Tile is missing that could attract you to Apple's offering when it comes? Well, it's Apple, so it's bound to be well done. I would think. I'm. It, it, I mean, tiles are working fine. Doug and I use them to find each other. So it, it, <laughs> when, when, whenever I, when I, if he gets separated from me and he can't hear me, I just said, stand still. I will ping your tile because we, we have each other's tiles. So I ping his tile and I, and I can hear it from a long way away and then I can find him. Nice. That's a really <laughs> good idea, actually. Whereas uh, Bonnie and I have the same account as well, but uh, all we really get is that she complains. I have one in my wallet, <laughs> and and sometimes oh. I sit down somewhere when she's in and close then, proximity, and then it rings and her it phone, pushes the button on the tile, and it rings her phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they are really good, so I'm looking forward to the Apple Tech. So it looks like that's what we will get. We will get iPhone 12 and all its variants. We should get Apple Tags and possibly the first Apple Silicon Map at Mac at the next event. The other thing that we apparently got today um, is the firmware upgrade for the iPod, the Pros, the um, the AirPods. Yes, AirPods. Yes, that that, that hit it, yesterday. That's yes. right. And with the uh, new expanded sound or it has some new audio feature spatial audio yeah. it sa- sounds yeah, like spa- when when you turn uh, it, it measures it keeps track of the location of, of where your head is uh, is relative to your phone so as you turn it it tries to move the sound hmm. sensibly like the bose uh, frames do apparently that yeah. that's what i've read or, on twitter or, or did Yeah, I'm looking for, I don't know how people will demonstrate this on a podcast, but if people have AirPods Pros and they upgrade uh, and they'd like to tell us how they're enjoying that, then by all means be in touch via the usual channels. I'm going to upgrade mine today and see how it goes. Well, do let us know how you find that. I will. Yeah. Send send us a message uh, in in Braille with a uppercase B. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, thank you both so much. And to you also, Heidi, for talking us through that. It was a fairly quiet event, I have to say. Mm. Um, but we will be back with a podcast quite imminently on iOS 14 and perhaps to some little degree watch OS 7. And uh, if you'd be willing, we'll, we'd love to get you all back for the event where they announce the, the iPhones. Oh, that would be terrific. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. Fantastic. Absolutely. Thank you. To contribute to Mosin at Large, you can email Jonathan, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at mushroomfm.com by writing something down or attaching an audio file. Or you can call our listener line. It's a U.S. number, 864-60-MOSIN. That's 864-606-6736. Mosin.